Father, we just want to thank you for your sweet holy presence this morning. We thank you, Father, for bringing us together to come and worship you, to glorify you and honor you today. We thank you, Father, for the message that you sent us today. We thank you, Father, for preparing our hearts to receive from you. We love you and we appreciate you and we just want to thank you again for the sacrifice that you made for us. We bless you and we praise you this morning for you are our rock and you are our hope and we just bless you and glorify you in Jesus' name. As we were worshiping, the Lord showed me waves just crashing in the ocean on this rock and they just kept coming but that rock is still standing steadfast and as we worship there's a lyrics up there saying how he's our rock and with him we stand forever and he's our hope and I feel like I hear him saying that he is your rock and he's strengthening you and he's making you strong stronger some of you don't see yourself as being strong but a lot of people see you as being strong and your life is a testimony to them and your life is a light. But he says, I'm making you stronger in your faith in me and he's building and increasing your faith. I just want to invite those from the ministry team to come up if you have a word or a vision you want to share from the Lord. you need something the Lord says just ask him you know if you need the solution to something if you need funds you know if you're lacking ask the Lord you know he, he reminded me of what he did for uh, George Washington Carver back in the 20s um, you know he saw the guys around him their cotton uh, crops failing them losing their land and going into bankruptcy and he asked the Lord, he was a praying, believing man, he said, Lord, show me the secrets of the universe. And basically the Lord told him, your peanut brain couldn't handle it. And then he proceeded to download hundreds of uses for the peanut. And he got everybody around him to start planting peanuts, and a lot of them, because there were so many different uses, became very wealthy and prosperous. And that was because he asked the Lord. So if you have a need... The Lord says, ask him. Your Honor, Sister Varney. Sister Julia. <laughs> Don't mean to be calling people out. I just see the sparkle in your eye. just so you know um, everyone else has been around long enough but we just um, want to encourage in the place of worship you know when we're in the presence of God he speaks to us we're we're speaking to him we're declaring truth about him and about ourselves hopefully the songs you know line up biblically I think they pretty much do but uh 
we just anticipate to hear from him. Sometimes God will give us a picture. Sometimes he will remind us of a scripture or he will speak something, something profound that you just feel like you can't shake it. So we just encourage everyone in, in the group here, if you, if you feel like God is just putting his finger on your heart over a particular thing that might be encouraging to everybody, then we open up this time for that. But are we all, everybody's good? Bonnie, you didn't have a testimony? <laughs> okay, I think you do, but that's okay if you want to save it for next time. Tamara, are you going to come up with me? You know, I felt like in worship, the scripture, Proverbs 3, 5, came to mind. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. The inner person. Trust in the Lord with... What is that noise? Did you guys hear that? Something manifesting? Oh, is it you? Okay, I thought there's someone in another room that maybe came in the front of the building. But trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Hmm. Sometimes our mind and our body can deceive us. You might think you know what's best, but the Bible tells us, the Holy Spirit tells us, don't trust your own thoughts. Don't trust your own mind all the time. Now, we, we do want to transform our, our lives, be transformed by renewing our mind with truth. So you know if, if your mind keeps having scriptures and things that God has spoken surface, I think you should trust in that. But we shouldn't trust in our feelings and in our, our own thinking in the natural sense of thinking about things. But rather, we should do like in that song. Um, I love that song. Can you remember what it was called now? But, you know, he takes us to a higher place where we can see heaven surrounding our circumstances. So that higher perspective, leaning not on your own understanding, but trusting in the Lord with all your heart. So he's got the answers. And something that I was thinking about in the last couple days and this morning, I was sharing it with David before we blasted off. You know, God is inviting all of us to come into alignment with him. He's inviting us to come into alignment with his way of thinking, with his purposes. And we enter into that place of alignment with him by entering into his rest when we let go of striving, when we let go of fretting and fearing and stressing and struggling and trying to gain his favor, trying to work to please God, and we just stop it. We just stop all of it, and we just come to him. We step into his presence, and we step into his rest. And rest doesn't mean going and taking a nap. It could. It might be a nap for you, Emily. Maybe you need a nap instead of working on that Algebra 2 all the time. Anyway, <clears throat> no, you should keep working. But, yeah, he's inviting us to step into his rest. And in that place of rest, we can get, gain our perspective again. We can come back into alignment with him. And then in that place, when we're in alignment with him, and we know what his purpose is, we know what he's calling us into, we know that he has favor over our lives, that he has plans and purposes for us, when we come into that place of rest and alignment with him, then we can ask him 
for the provision that comes along with the vision. There's provision for the vision. God doesn't give us vision and hope and a calling for something for life without giving us provision at the same time. But the error comes in when we get out of alignment with him, when we take on more than what he's called us to take on, when we begin to allow things to rent the space inside of our heads that doesn't belong there. So that's just a thought. grab this anytime and just start preaching all right so yeah I just you know you know I felt like I'll just kind of tell you a little story what what has brought me up to the thinking that I have at the moment I had a conversation with my father and with my uncle who lives in California they're both in their 80s you guys know my dad Uh, my uncle Ray was a assembly of God pastor for many years And then later on in life, he left the pulpit ministry to take on uh, a different form of ministry where they do television times, time rental for nonprofit groups who raise money for like the the starving children and whatnot. I I don't know all the details, but but I, I had a conversation with my uncle after my dad had spoken with him and he wanted to know a little bit about what we're doing. And my dad didn't really have like all the answers, how to simply explain, you know, what, what our church is about. He said, is it evangelical? Is it, you know, denominational? And simply put, and I don't know if you guys have come across this, if someone's asking you where you're going to church and, and maybe you say the name of the church, you know, and maybe say it's, it's a new church, church plant, and they say, well, what, is it a part of a denomination? And you're just kind of like, well, I really don't know how to describe it. So that is what kind of got my brain and my gears just stirring about what we're called to and this this fact that unless we keep the vision before us unless we keep the plan that God has has given us in front on a regular basis we can start to kind of lose focus and forget what what our purpose of even gathering on Sundays is all about. Why don't you go ahead and put Proverbs? Is it Proverbs? No. Yes. I don't know. Just put that. Yeah, Proverbs. Sorry. I guess I haven't had enough coffee yet. Proverbs 29, 18. You guys all know this verse probably. The Passion Translation says, when there is no clear prophetic vision, people quickly wander astray think we all know we've been in in churches if you've been a Christian long enough where you might have been in a place or visited a place where it doesn't feel like there's direction or vision I don't ever want to fall into that pattern so where there is no clear prophetic vision people quickly wander astray but when you follow the revelation of the word heaven's bliss fills your soul now, I, I liked the ESV, and I didn't know that it used the word prophetic vision. I really like that wordage, and that's actually um, what the literal translation is when you, let's see what the note said. Um, the vision, when there is no vision, it, it could be interpreted as a vision of the night, a dream, an oracle, or a revelation. And uh, some of the ancient manuscripts, like the Septuagint says, where there is no prophetic seer, 
or an interpreter. Now, we've mentioned before that we, we want to be a church that is established in a Ephesians 4.11, Ephesians 2.20 pattern, that the church, the, the household of God would be established on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And then Ephesians 4.11 goes into that, and we'll, we'll look at that in a second here. But So I just felt like this ties in to where I really was feeling like we needed to cover eventually. What, what does it mean to be an apostolic, prophetic, foundation church? What does it mean to be embracing the fivefold ministry? You know, what, what is an apostle, a prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher? You know, most of us are familiar with pastors because um, everywhere you go in the, the world, you go into a church and who's the senior pastor? Who's the worship pastor? There's the children's pastor. There's the women's pastor. There's the, you know, there's a pastor for everything. But you don't typically hear people called out as uh, uh, functioning in that office of apostle. He's an apostolic leader or she's a prophetic voice. So in the movement that we are a part of, um, what we would call simply being revivalists. Um, and you can just kind of hang on to that word, look it up online. What is, a, what is a revivalist? You know, you, when you think of revival, you think of tent meetings, people getting slain in the spirit, you know, filled with the Holy Ghost and flopping on the ground and, you know, lots of tambourines and stuff maybe, you know, big tent revival. Well, that might be an old school picture of what a revivalist is, but a modern day revivalist, simply put, is when the church and individual believers let, get their hearts caught on fire with passion for the presence of God and for Jesus and establishing and, and releasing the kingdom of God, to seeing the kingdom of God advance through the church and then through your own life. But there's su such a deeper description even than that so that's why I say just write down revivalist and look it up or we could talk more later I don't want to go too far into that but I would say we we want to establish a revivalist culture in this church that we want to be revivalists or renewal people of renewal we want to see hope restored hope renewed in people so back to Proverbs 29, ESV says, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. In King James Version, where there is no vision, the people perish. So vision, prophetic vision, is, it's important. It's important for us, all of us. We have to know what the Lord is calling his church into and the direction he's calling the church to go in and what all of this is all about? What I mean, what is this all about? Do we just have holy huddles every Sunday from here until the rapture happens or until, until I go to see Jesus through, you know, whatever, my, when my time is up? Is that all it is? It's just, you know, kind of stay stirred up and, and think positive until I go to heaven? Or is there more to it? You know, what does he want to establish? Why, why another church in this city? Why another church in this region? So, prophetic. The prophetic. Prophets. Um, Tammy and I, as you guys know, received a prophetic word 
a few years ago to plant this church. It was a long story, and I won't go over it again, but I think you've all probably heard, maybe Kim, you're probably the only person that hasn't heard the whole background, but we, we got the word, the call, prophetically by someone who didn't know us to go plant a church, and it's exactly what was in our hearts. And that experience put within us this hunger and a value for prophecy, for the ability to hear God and speak what he's saying. So in this church, we, we have desired to establish a prophetic culture where all of the body of Christ, all of us as believers, young and old, the kids in the back there, Ethan, I believe that these kids, these kids up in the front row, they already hear the voice of God. They just don't quite understand how they're, what they're hearing. So there's a place for learning how to hear God. And I would say that is the, the purpose and the job of the apostle. Is that our next scripture, the Ephesians 4? Okay, the, the one that's got all the colors on it. Let's go ahead and look at that. So Ephesians 4.11. This is probably one of the things I say to people when I describe what our church is kind of uh, based on. Well, we are a five-fold ministry church. We, we believe that this is the pattern. Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip the people or to equip his people for works of service. So those are the equipping ministries in the body of Christ. They're called, often called offices, the office of a prophet or the office. Not everybody is a prophet. Not everybody is an apostle. But God does give those gifts to, to men and women. And those gifts are used to equip the people, to equip the rest of us, the saints, for the works of service so that the whole body of Christ, the whole church, can be built up. Now, ignore the word until because we're not going to cover the rest of that portion but the prophet has a job of equipping the church to be prophetic. Prophets don't just prophesy and wow everybody. You know, the prophet isn't the person that walks into the church and stands up front and their eyes roll back in their head and they scare everybody because they're all afraid they're going to read their mail and confess your personal sin in front of the whole church. You know, that, that's not what prophets do. Prophets... They do prophesy, they, I hope so, otherwise it's kind of hard to tell if they're really a prophet. But a prophet, their main job is to equip us to hear. We won't really talk about apostles today, but the apostolic, it's kind of like the same word when we read 2 Corinthians 5 about how we are called to be ambassadors, that we are ambassadors for Christ. An apostle is a representative, a sent one who comes and represents one kingdom to see it established in a different place, in a different, in a different territory. So an apostolic person would see, have the heavenly blueprint of what the foundations of the church should look like, what situation should, situations should look like, and see those things established in the church with the help of the prophet, because the prophet or prophetess hears what God is saying right now. There's a lot of things in the Bible, but not everything in the Bible is meant to be 
focused on and, and used as your current direction all at the same time, or we would be doing everything all at once, and it would look pretty crazy. But the prophetic person, the prophet, has an ability to hear what God is saying for right now. So the prophet hears the word of God, what God's speaking, and they present it, I would, would say, alongside the apostle or the apostolic person, the apostolic leader, to help the church move forward in the direction God's calling it to. But anyway, I don't want to go too far down that road because I really want to just focus on the prophetic. And then I want to encourage you guys with some prophetic words that were given to us as not just a couple, but to us as a church. So we did Ephesians 4.11. You know, the Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5.20 not to despise prophecy. Do not despise prophecy, but weigh everything or hold on to what is good. So some people get freaked out in an apostolic environment or a prophetic environment because it's subjective. You're trusting that a human being, your fellow brother and sister, is actually hearing the voice of God and they're communicating it. So we are encouraged by the scriptures to weigh it, not to despise it, we don't just say, well, I don't like what that person said because they prophesied and it didn't all come true. It didn't, wasn't all accurate. And so I just don't want anything to do with prophecy now because Christ gave those gifts to the church to build the church up, to equip the saints. And there's, there's a powerful release that happens when someone gives a prophetic word and they hit the nail right on the head and it helps that couple who show up at a conference desperate to hear God because they feel like they're supposed to plant a church but they don't know when or where or who they should partner with or if they should even do it. And then a stranger who's a prophetic person comes up to them and says, you are to go plant that church. Wow. Hit the nail on the head. Somebody can speak a word of encouragement, prophetic encouragement about what your destiny is going to look like. We have some prophetic words about this church that have been spoken, and I recorded them. I actually have like probably 20 or more prophetic words that, if someone's going to give you a prophetic word, just let me encourage you, get your phone out quickly and hit record. Just tell them, hold on a second. Before you start rambling that word, I want to get it so I can record it and listen to it later, and then I can pray about it, and I can throw out the stuff that's not, you know, I'll throw the bones out, I'll spit the bones out, I'll, I'll keep the meat, but I, you know, not everything in a prophetic word is necessarily going to be 100% the Holy Spirit inspiring that person. They could be hitting something very right on the head and then adding because, you know, we're, we're human and we sometimes don't know when to stop. So at least that's my experience in the prophetic environment. People have given us long words and I thought, man, this is kind of going on and on and on. And it never happened. You know, they saw Tammy and I and our kids walking down this road with trees, and we were in a new neighborhood where we met all the neighbors, and it's just, it never happened. Now, that's not to say that a prophetic word couldn't be given to you that you need to press into. If you feel the Holy Spirit putting a yes on your heart for a word, like go plant that church, we knew that was, that was a yes, 
But we didn't just sit around and wait for it to happen. We had to ex exercise our faith and take active steps, not to make it happen, but just as he, we needed to cooperate with the Holy Spirit's leading. And we don't want to just fulfill what we've been given, but we want to see all of you guys have your prophetic words fulfilled as well, because it's not just about us. Yeah, and that's why the words that I, that I brought to share with you guys today, um, they're, they're not personal words for Tammy and I. I actually clipped a bunch of stuff out of one of them. Um, most recently in February, we went down to Galen's church in Oregon for the Global Legacy Conference, and there's this awesome guy named Jeff McCracken. <laughs> Jeff McCracken, he's, uh, he's, I think he's a prophet. Um, he's very prophetic if he's not a prophet. And he gave us a word, and you'll hear it in a minute here. But part of the word was a picture of me flying low like Superman with a cape. And I thought, okay, I'm not going to play that for you guys because <laughs> I think it must be the hair made him think of Superman, you know, the shiny hair or something. And then he saw me flying under the radar past office doors and stuff. It was kind of interesting. Um, so... We, we always put that scripture up on the screen when everyone's sharing. I don't know if we did it today or not, but no, she forgot. Oh, I didn't have it on the slideshow. Never mind. Um, we didn't put it up there, but typically it's that 1 Corinthians 4, 3 that says um, when the prophetic ministry is happening, the purpose is to encourage, comfort, and exhort, or um, yeah, basically those three words. Different translations use different wordage, but it's basically that. Too. I just want to encourage you guys, if you have prophetic words, like get them recorded and even write them down. So if something happens to your phone um, and go back and look at them often. And if you're not seeing stuff coming to fruition yet, just pray into it and press into it. God, you said you promised. And yeah, just press into it. And we don't do it nearly enough, but we need to. It's true. Not nearly enough. Um, you could be like us where you had not ever really been in that kind of an environment where there's a lot of prophetic activity happening. And so maybe you don't have prophetic words. Hold your horses because <laughs> they're coming. Um, most of you already know we've, we've purchased a, a prof basics and prophetic curriculum from Bethel. And we intend very soon to open it up for anyone who wants to participate in that to gather with us once a week. And we, it's a eight week, eight, eight sessions long, so I would say eight weeks. Uh, most likely we'll just pick a Friday night and we'll go through it together, whoever wants to go through it. And it, it's the purpose of it is to activate us, to help us all really understand, well, what does it mean to hear God? How do I know if I'm hearing the Holy Spirit's voice? What if I, what types of things do I share? Because God speaks things to us that he doesn't intend for you to speak out. If he's showing you somebody's junk, you don't want to stand up in front of the church and say, you, sir, in the red shirt, would you please stand up? Holy Spirit just showed me that you're living in adultery because the red shirt, you know, brought in that letter A, the red A from, you know, whatever. People can come up with all kinds of stuff. That may have been a true revelation, but is it, is it necessarily something that should have been spoken 
Or was, could it have been something that the person just prayed about for that person? Or, uh, yeah, exactly. I was just going to say what Tammy said. Or is it something that's trying to get on that person and you need to pray against it? There's a spirit of adultery that is trying to get on that person. Maybe God's going to, you can pray about it. You don't have to quickly take a word that God speaks to you or shows you and go give it. Because sometimes the word needs to be given in the right season. What does the proverb say about a, uh, apples of gold in a setting of silver, something like that? Anyways, like an ap- a word aptly spoken. And we need to speak it in the right timing. There's nothing wrong with jotting down notes, keeping it to yourself, and praying. Let me give you a quick example before we run out of time here also. Um, just a quick example a while back, I don't even remember how long, ago, uh, how long ago it was, but I was driving into Starbucks, some of you have heard this already, and I could see in the drive-thru there was a kid, a guy, at the window, blonde-haired dude, and I thought he kind of reminded me of a worship leader, but I, and I had worship music playing, but he reminded me of uh, the guy at Jesus Culture, I can't think of his name. Anyway, just kind of the connection happened in my mind, and I started feeling the Holy Spirit weighing on me. And I saw basically like the image of him with an acoustic guitar. I had no time to ask him or convey anything about that at the drive-thru. He's very cool. He's like, here's your coffee, man. Have a good day. Go on. It wasn't until weeks later that he showed up on my route, my postal route, as one of my customers. And I was like, ah, dude, (laughs) dude, I got to ask you a question. He's like, yeah. I said, do you, have an, uh, do you play a guitar? And he's like, yeah, I do. I was like, is it an acoustic guitar? And he's like, yeah. Have you been out to a church in Paul's Bow? And I'm like, no. But since you mentioned church, I'm going to go ahead and just run with this now. I said, when you were working at Starbucks, I saw you, and I had this image of you with a guitar, and I felt like God was showing me that you've got a calling of being a worship leader on your life. He quickly got away from me and went into the house. It wasn't until weeks later that he told me that he was running from God, and God was calling him back. And yes, he had led worship for his dad's church in Paul's bow. So anyway, now he's back walking with God too. So I thought he was going to be our worship leader, but I guess not. So God had a different plan. You know, not every prophetic word you give, somebody is going to have a you know, reciprocal effect. So just a couple things about the prophetic, then we'll share with you guys some of these words. And then we'll kind of end with, with just this encouragement, because I want to encourage all of us to grab hold of these words for yourself and for the vision that God has for this church because they all pertain to what he wants to establish. And these are things that we've set before us personally to keep in our vision, to keep before us as the, the picture that's unfolding down the road. But a couple things to think about. Well, prophetic words are, should be, biblical truth spoken in God's timing. I kind of mentioned that already. Graham Cook had this quote, and I quoted a couple weeks ago, never challenge your prophecy with your circumstances. 
don't challenge your prophecy with your circumstances. We could have sat in our living room a year into it and said, no one's coming. Maybe that wasn't a word from God. And we could have just stopped right there, found a church somewhere and been miserable and made everyone else miserable around us. Don't challenge your prophecies, your prophetic words, with your circumstances because it's a word from the Lord. Challenge your circumstances with your prophecies. You take those prophetic words and you say, God said, go plant that church. God's promise is that the Holy Spirit will always show up in our meetings. And so I'm going to declare that promise before it even happens. I'm going to believe and anticipate he's going to come every time we gather, and he's going to manifest his wonderful presence just like we experienced during worship. So here's a couple words I want to read, and then we'll listen to some prophetic words. This was early on, and I had to trim a whole bunch of stuff out of this too. But Bremerton Legacy City Church, all of you guys, if you are calling this your church, Legacy City Church, Bremerton is your well. Your hearts have been groomed for this town and the county that it resides in. And you are now owners. I'm feeling a little unction coming on me when I say this. <clears throat> this well is here to be redug. Many have been called before you, but do not let their failures set you back. Draw from their strength. Let your hearts be of great love for Bremerton. Mark the lines, stand upon your watch, and wait until the vision is clear. Habakkuk 2, 1 through 4. You were called and said yes, and that yes is marked. God marks your yeses when you say yes to something that he gives you. You are, are taking the call to change Bremerton for the kingdom. Stand upright and walk as owners. Probably a year later, a lady from Port Angeles texted me this one. I saw a well. Hmm, I'm seeing a theme here. And then I saw another well. Both were rising. I kind of thought of... Uh, Mario Brothers, you know, the pipes coming up out of the ground. <clears throat> Those aren't wells, but anyway. So I saw a well, and then I saw another well. Both were rising. I asked Papa, that's Father, in case you're wondering. It's not some new God that we worship. Papa, <laughs> Daddy, what is this about? He said, there is an old well of revival. He is uncapping. There is an old well of revival. He is uncapping. And there is a new well that is about to overflow and will mix with the old well. These wells have a lot in them. And Holy Spirit will help you steward them. And this revival will never die out. Because, not because, but it will cause a huge explosion that will flow out in all directions. <laughs> That's a pretty big word. The first thing established in this city, besides the shipyard, was a church. Yeah. And this church, the, the foundation churches in the city 
have some really wonderful history. Uh, Summit Presbyterian Church on Summit over on the west side, they have the archives of some of the stuff that the, that the plotters and the founders of our city were up to. So let's look at Hope Renewal Ministries. So Tammy and I, when we first started this out, we were like, well, how do we put a name on what God's done in our hearts? And when Lancer and Julia came along, you know, we, they were like, oh, Hope Renewal Ministries, you know, that's cool. And then we're like, well, we're going to hold off on an actual name for the church. But it described us. Our hope got renewed. We felt pretty hopeless for a season. We were desperate. We had, like many of us, tasted the bitterness of a church falling apart. But our hope got re- restored. It was renewed. And someone told me, well, you know, God doesn't want us to create renewal centers everywhere. And I'm like, what's a renewal center? I like, kind of like the sound of that. And I looked up renewal, and it's exactly what's going on in my heart. So we were like, oh, you don't like that word. I'm going to take it for hope renewal. We thought, man, maybe it'll be hope renewal center. Uh, but hope renewal ministries, we threw that on there. And when we were at a conference up in Port Angeles, Steve and Wendy Backlund came in from Bethel, and they had a team of students. And they, one of the girls in the team gave a prophetic word through an acronym. So we're going to just take a look at it. Now, it's not all broken. You can see how it says Hope Reen. Okay, so there's multiple slides here. It actually goes Hope Renewal Ministries if you were to look at it all at once. But for the sake of room on a slide, here we go. And again, take this for yourselves. This is why I've called Dave and Sharon powerful people when they come up here to speak. Because you guys are powerful pillars. But let's go back, start with the H. High-level influencers. I'm going to declare this over you guys. You are high-level influencers orchestrating powerful pillars in the community, excellent stewards of his presence, releasing everlasting newness of life. Exact timing of God. Wonder-filled, abounding in love, joy, faith, and power like-minded in beliefs, miracles, signs, and wonders, intimacy and authentic, I think it was actually intimacy and authenticity, is ours, nearness to God. Impossible made possible. The sweet fragrance from heaven right now. This is in my heart especially, training center for inner transformation I feel like that's what God wants our church to look like it's a training center for inner transformation to see all the stuff we just read transpiring in a place in a gathering revelation inspired messages and messengers in over our heads might as well I might as well be all in I don't care if I'm going to do this, i got to be all in. Established in our identity in Christ. Boy, we've been knocking on that one for a while now. And that's going to be a very important key to the inner transformation for people. Success as a team. Success as a team. God did not call us to be failures. Failure is not a word in his vocabulary when he gave us these promises as a church. 
So let's give. Um, just recently, you know, we really felt um, to do this prophetic training time. And it wasn't but like a day later, um, there was a prophecy over the Northwest from a guy named Sean Bowles. And he felt like churches in the Northwest need to start really getting grounded in the prophetic and whether that be training or whatever. And I thought, oh, that's interesting because here this had been on our heart and then this had been spoken over the Northwest because he re really felt like God's gonna start doing something new in the North Northwest area. That means Oregon, Washington area. Yeah. So. Sounds like something a prophet would say. Prophetic training. No, it's. I think it's true, but we really would like to not only help those of us in this room that don't feel like we're very prophetic or don't know for sure how this really works, all the way up to those of us who hear very clearly since they were teenagers. Because <clears throat> I hear Sharon up here saying, well, when I was, you know, this teenager and God said this and he told me that and a lot of us are like, man, he never spoke to me like that. He probably was speaking to you, just not in the same way. So we're going to play two prophetic words that are tied together. That's just how I put it together. Um, there, there definitely is some stuff chopped out. The first prophetic word is from a guy named Nathan French, who leads a church called the Rock of the Harbor in Gig Harbor. He's a wonderful guy. Good friends of Galen and Danette's down in McMinnville. He was actually born in McMinnville. And so... He was down there visiting when we were down there visiting, not for a conference, but he was ministering prophetically because he's got a, he, I think he's a prophet. And uh, he had a word for us as a church. It's a very awesome word. You guys are going to love this. Also, it's going to go from that right to Jeff McCracken back in February. So the one was in 2016 by Nathan French, and then the second part was maybe 2017. Anyway, they're all, both within like the last year and a half. So go ahead and play those, Isabel. Hey, this is uh, Nathan, Nathan French. Um, okay, so um, here's the, it, it's one o'clock here. We're at Pastor Galen's church down in, uh, in Oregon. And so, yeah, so here's what I saw. Um, I, I love that you guys are connected because it's very important. And, and I'll tell you, uh, Bramerton is not gonna be able to be the same because of what you're carrying and because of the blessing of the Father that you've been assigned. And so it's like there's a Father blessing, and it's like almost like God's approval of you as a man. And I feel like God's saying, in your relationship, there's going to be rivers that flow, and there's going to be honey that's delivered. And there's people there in the, in the Bremerton area that aren't even going to want to leave when they're restationed because they don't want to leave the life source they've found that God is establishing through you. He's already given you a great jump start in that work. I've never been there. You're, you're in Bremerton, right? Okay, yeah. And he's already he kind of jump-started you. But there's always a sense, well, I know we're made to do big things. And the Lord's saying, just enjoy the process because your, your success is not based on the outcome. Thank God. It's based on, it's based on did you do what he said? 
and you're so good at desiring to obey the voice of the Lord. So he's turning up the tones of heaven. You're going to hear it more clearly. It's going to be easier to, to get it right. And you're going to have so much fun. And he doesn't ever want you to lose the fun side of this thing. And he's going to bless it. And there's other ministries he's planning right now to uh, to prepare that are right-hearted, that, that work with the apostolic structure that you're setting up. And I feel like he's bringing um, more workers. Did you pray for more workers? Oh, yeah. he's, he's releasing more workers. And so don't be uh, don't be discouraged if you don't feel like it's progressing like you want it to. Here's the reality. It's going to progress like yeah. he wants it to. Because yeah. he's the one who builds the house, man. And he'll bring the increase because he's the Lord of the harvest. And he's never late. And remind me of the name of your church. Legacy City Church. That's right. I remember the story. The mayor. That's awesome. Lord, that new strength comes, new vitality. Multiplication, not addition anymore, but multiplication. Lord, I speak multiplication over their church right now in the name of Jesus. Multiplication in several ways. Multiplication of people. Multiplication of anointing, Lord God. Multiplication of influence. I see um, doors opening um, for you to be able to influence in the city in ways that you've dreamt of and, and planned for and, and prayed for. And, and I see the doors just opening up and they're going to, it's almost going to be like you're going to look at each other and go, I can't even believe this is happening. It's it's just too good. I, it's, is somebody punking us? What's going on? And, um, and, but I just see these doors opening up, almost like when you got called to the mayor's office. Um, doors are just going to open up, and it's going to be instantaneous. It's going to be so fast that you'll have to reflect back on it because in the moment you won't be able to, you won't be able to process it. And so, Lord, we ask that um, you give them strategy ahead of time and in the moment, Lord God, Lord, that as they step into it, that they can fully take advantage. And Lord, I ask that even now you begin to put things in place, um, Lord, for um, for the people as they come in so that they can disciple them. Lord, I thank you for the leaders that you've already brought to them and the leaders that you're going to bring to them. That was like two minutes of an eight-minute word, so I cut a lot out. But it's speaking about you guys. You guys are leaders. You guys are the ones with us that have that opportunity to step into that word, as he was saying, to step into that double anointing. God wants to, he wants to give us more. He wants to entrust all of us with more. As that one word said that I had uh, typed up on my phone there, he's called us to walk upright. You know, he's calling us to line ourselves up with heaven. Why don't we stand up? Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. You know, uh, Nathan mentioned in that prophetic word about the Father that's been assigned to us. He's speaking about our relationship with Galen down in McMinnville. And there's just something about having a relationship, having, sometimes people call it a covering. We don't really use that language. We don't call it a covering but it's, it's an invited relationship that is not overbearing. It's not domineering. He doesn't tell us what to do, but he invites the relationship and the gifting that he carries to be accessed by us anytime we want. And so we see him like a dad, like a spiritual dad. He's so full of wisdom, him and Danette and their leadership team 
and their whole church is just like they're cheering us on. The, the fact that we even have a relationship with a healthy church down in McMinnville is bizarre how it even happened. We just went to a conference where someone gave us a word, multiple words, but the word to plant over and over by different people down there. And then that house became a, a relationship for this, this thing. So those of you who've never gotten to meet Galen and his team, you'll get a chance at some point. They'll come back and visit, as well as uh, Teresa Farley, who is a prophet in their house, a prophetess, and the School of Ministry instructor down there. Um, in about a month, we're going to have, I call them cousins. They're going to be our spiritual cousins. They're going to come visit the, a couple named um, Greg and Cheryl Dillon. They're going to come the first week of June, and share some testimony of what God's done in their family. And hopefully we'll receive some impartation from them because they are full. They, they're crazy full. You'll see. Anyway, it's all good stuff. But let's pray. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much that, first of all, that you don't leave us as orphans. You do not leave us as orphans. But when you saved us, when you gave us the gift of salvation, when we saw all that Jesus did for us on the cross and we said yes to him, you set us in a family. You gave us a, a new identity and you established us in families. And we thank you, God, that we get to walk that out, that expression of the family of God, the, the family of heaven here on earth in the form of churches, local churches. We thank you, God, that you are establishing a family in this city, one of our very own, that we all get the privilege of saying it's ours. We thank you, God, for all the wonderful gifts that you've brought into this house so far. And we thank you, God. We, we pull on that prophetic word of the more that you're gonna bring, the more leaders that you're gonna bring in, the more anointing for each one of us. We thank you, God, that you have wonderful plans for the city of Bremerton, that there's gonna be something released in this, this house, whether it's in this building or another building, this house of people, that you're establishing and, and showing us a well that is being redug, a well of revival, and that people are gonna taste of the presence of God, of that well, and they're going to long for it. They're going to be changed forever and never satisfied until they get more. So we thank you, God, that we get to be a part of that well, that we get to be the ones to dig it, to establish it, and we just want to open it wide, God, because we know that the goodness that people will taste is you. They will taste and see that the Lord is good, and they will be ruined for nothing else. And God, we just say for our own hearts, as we put our hand on our own hearts, we just say we are yours and we are ruined for nothing less than you and all that you have for us. Help us to let go of things that pull us out of alignment and help us to step into that alignment with you, to step into that place of rest in being in complete alignment and security 
of your will. We just love you, God. We thank you, Jesus' name. Amen.